Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, delighted to have Colin Fenley in studio with us. How are you keeping? Good. You're here ahead of the AIB GAA All-Ireland Senior Hurling Club Championship semi-final. Your club, Ballyhale Shamrocks, taking on Ballygunner at Crow Park Saturday, February 9th. So that is, what, Saturday week at this stage. For exclusive content, behind-the-scenes action throughout the AIB GAA and Camogie Club Championships, follow AIB GAA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. You keeping well? Keeping good, yeah. I'm enjoying the cold weather. <laughs> We want to know who the real Colin Fenley is because uh, your Wikipedia page has been hijacked and we were also shown this video. We want to get your uh, your views on this, which is uh, all over social media. Who's that in the car with you? Close driving, so we do. Uh, Lester Ryan in the middle. Uh, Rob Lennon, Conor Shade on either side of him. Well, we're down to Tramore. We have a boys' uh, bonding session, so it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> was this? This was on, well. It's the middle of summer. Was this post championship or mid championship? It was mid championship, I'd say. Right. Yeah, it was mid championship, and uh, we couldn't go out and enjoy ourselves out nights out, right? And so you know, you got to create your own fun. Create your own fun. I think there was another car load going down, so we we're trying to see who had more, the most crack going down. Right. So I, that was a uh, Step Brothers I, 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 inspired, I, 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 was it? Yeah, yeah. We, we did a few other ones beforehand, but I'm glad they we didn't put them see the light of day. No. <laughs> is Porrick Walsh uh, very much on the Tommy line of madness? Oh, he is. Oh, just just mad to have the the best crack out of everyone's all he wants to do. Mm. <laughs> I, like you're clearly having a great time in that. The difference between club and county. Do you do you find it's a bit more chilled out at, at club, whereas there with the county lads, it seems like it's pretty chilled out as well. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's much much the same to be honest. Um, I suppose we, you have Joey Holden there, TJ, mm. um, and all the lads like so. They're, they're all in the county panel too, so it's, it's just a mix of it. So it is. But um, especially with the club is after changing big time, all the young ones coming through, but Kenny's the same as well. Yeah, it's uh, quite a story, Ballyhale Shamrock. So you're bidding for a seventh All Ireland club title, and we were down there before Christmas. We recorded a Saturday panel. Your dad was on it. A lot of the greats of the club were there. Uh, Henry Shefflin's brother was involved, and obviously Henry's now manager of the team. And like we wanted to go down because we hear so much about Ballyhale and the success story and the most successful club hurling team. And you want to know how you do it. And then you get to Ballyhale, and there's a tiny little clubhouse. We're down there as part of a fundraiser to get a training pitch installed. You have two pitches. There's nothing fancy. There's no state-of-the-art technology. And and as a and as a place, actually, like Ballyhale has suffered massively through. The recession, you, you go through the, the town, the village, and there was literally nothing. There was no shops, there was no pubs open at that stage. There was very little there aside from hurling, it seemed. Yeah, if you blink, you'll probably just go, you'll probably go past it, so mm. you will. Um, it, it is amazing because we're a fierce fortunes. You, you had probably a group there at Michael and Chan, all them, which was just a massive group, and, and that's what drove on probably the four in a row we had, Wickle Kenny and the two all earns that we had. And then there's another group of young lads coming through again, and uh, I, I just don't understand how it's happening. Like you know, and we're fierce fortunate. So we are. You have Adrian Mullen, Evan Shefton, and there's a whole group from there. It's just, just huge sources. And, it's the same uh, names again. It's just again. yeah. It's, it's a change over there for us. And uh, I was lucky to be at the other end of it. You know, I, I was only 17. I came on. You had Bob Elward and all them lads. And uh, now I'm one of the older lads, and um, all the young lads come down to it. And even though Bob Elward's actually still there, so he's at, at 41. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> Did you feel a pressure coming on at 17? Because obviously, Ballyhale, the family name, the Fenley name, seven brothers who'd all been part of the team, 
from your dad's time yeah, nah. uh, coming through after Mick then was there a, an expectation did you feel that no there was actually no, no, none at all like you're, you're just mad to play and mad to get on the team uh, everybody was at, on the same level and that's the way it was it, it was no different and that, that's the way Kenny Hurling is um, like you had such great lads before yeah, let's say you had Cha and Michael you have TJ there and um, you know you just try to follow suit mm. follow, follow him behind them and uh, try, try to try chip in as much as you can you go down now to Ballyhale and I guess like it feeds into a romantic story of oh, there was nothing but hurling there was nothing but hurling it's not a great thing though actually when you go down for the people who are still living around Ballyhale that, that because I guess the motorway came along it seems to have taken a lot of the business out of the place it, it seems to have you'd worry that it's it, it that it might kill the community yeah it, it was actually just after picking back up there was a bit Billy's tea rooms after actually after starting ah, up good. The, the down in Ballyhale and then the golf course itself is after setting up um, a clubhouse and it's actually doing, doing food and that and uh, I'm not doing advertisement for him right now yeah but no no here it's a, it's a massive so there's a couple of outlets for, for, for the people club. to meet up it's huge so it is you know um, you go down to Billy's tea rooms any time at all there's always a crowd down there all the locals and uh, you can see just the difference in the club you can see then when we're winning games it makes a massive difference and then we're holding a few events up in the golf course you know we, we had a um, a fashion show and all that and you could just see the crowds coming up and it's something probably I've never seen in Ballyhale as a young lad coming up and uh, it's great that these people are taking the chance to sell business in Ballyhale and yeah. uh, you know it's just, just great for a bit of buzz and excitement Yeah and, and it's badly needed because while your generation you're like you're living up here in Dublin now you want clubs like Ballyhale to continue for 20-30 years whereas probably with the way life has gone in this country you're probably unlikely to move back to Ballyhale um, No No I, no, you're going I, back I, are I, you? I'm going back yeah <laughs> <laughs> No no yeah, I, go, I go back home um, I go to Dublin I, I work for as long as I can ha take it, I suppose, um, <laughs> to take the traffic and everything else with it. But um, probably the chaos probably doesn't suit me, but uh, I'll definitely move back down at some right. stage. But especially when you do see the golf course and uh, a few things like that popping up, it, it does enlighten you to go back, so it does. And, um, you know, especially when you're winning, you see teams coming through, you know, you, you want to be there, you, you probably want to be involved in the club to d down the line to, to keep it going. You see, see Henry, he, he gave up only last year and came straight in as manager. and. Uh, you know, the rest of us probably follow suit too. Like, Yeah. One of the things uh, from being down talking to everyone around with the club was that one of the reasons for the senior success was maybe that at times there wasn't a huge amount of underage success, that the bigger clubs in the city would often sweep up the honours at underage level so that in Ballyhale you had to fight for everything, that there was something instilled at a young age. It, it never came easy. No, we were trying to find out the secret, was, basically, uh, secret of the success. And that's the thing. We were probably told about two or three years ago that... Uh, the city clubs are going to take over and that's it and uh, a small club like ourselves like we won't be in county finals anymore we won't have the numbers coming through and uh, that, that, that's probably surprised us most and uh, give certainly other teams um, the excitement to think like that, that, that could be us and uh, like towards last year there was three city teams in the semi-finals and uh, this year I think it was all four country teams so just a massive difference so it was and um, no it's, it, it, it's a huge boost for Valley Hill anyway so it is Mm. How do you think it keeps going though? Because obviously you mentioned Henry retires and people probably assume once Henry steps away that there's going to be some sort of a dip. Yet, the conveyor belt continues. Yeah, that, that, that's a question I can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't a clue where all these young lads came out of, you know. It was like, do, you know do you know they're there when they're 13, 14? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'll be watching so we would and even there's... Uh, me actually, my godchild Jake, um, he's a mullen now as well, he's a cousin, first cousin and uh, there's a whole group of them um, coming through, they're, they're about 9 or 10, 
there's a massive group of them and uh, we're actually looking forward to seeing them come play now as well soon enough it's funny the way you watch out for them but um, no like you don't see it happening and even I think it was three years ago we had only I think it was 1920 training and uh, we had to ask a few of the retired guys to come back right. to make up numbers and now we have 35 training <laughs> you know oh. it's just that difference in that space of two three years uh, how much of that is down to Henry's involvement as manager and just, just the buzz, I guess, for those younger guys who've grown up worshipping him to get a chance to work under him? Oh, it's, it's, it's huge for young lads because they, they didn't get a chance to play with him. Like, you know, mm. there, there's a lot of us that are fortunate to get to play with him. And, um, you know, his leadership from the field to go into management is the exact same. And uh, I'd say you'd see the young lads, they, they listen to him. You know, everything he says, they just laugh it up. And let's say if he says, go down, you need to practice your wall ball, you need to get into the gym. You know, they, they're down in the gym. I say, when I was a young lad, I didn't bother to go to the gym. You know, you don't bother to go to the wall ball. You go off and do other things. You see, they, they, they listen to Henry. Like, you know, they, they, that, that's the difference. I presume at, at county level, you, you were obviously doing the gym quite a bit, though. <laughs> like, you, you weren't Dawson told No, no. I, when he came into county level, t- t- things t- changed very quickly there when uh, you get a shot of uh, Jackie Turner or Jay Gis Laney. You don't realise you need to bulk up pretty quickly. You get into the gym fairly quick then, right? Well, what's the uh, the secret then from Shefflin's point of view? Like, is, is he a Glenn Hoddle type on the training ground? Is he showing you constantly, lads, this is easy, this is how you should be doing it? No, no. Is, is, are there similarities with Cody? There's certainly similarities there, you know. Um, from Henry's point of view, he always says that he's, you're constantly learning. And he even says it himself, like, you know, even when he finished up, he was constantly learning. Like, the game is constantly changing, so it is. And uh, you have to adapt. And um, it's, it's up to Henry, like, to adapt to certain tactics because the, the whole game's after changing towards certain teams of tactics to different tactics so you have to have a plan A, plan B, nearly plan C now at this stage. So uh, so far Henry's done a great job obviously to get to an all in semi-final it's just an absolute fantastic achievement. Yeah and so quickly as well because to come in as such a big name it, there's an automatic pressure that comes with that and as you say a club that has a big history and people are so desperate to keep that success going it, it, it would have been easy for I don't, not to fall flat but like the, the level of, for him to be able to respond to that and step up it's it's pretty incredible it is because uh, he, he not put pressure on him probably as a player because everyone just expected so much from him and then to come in as a manager you know it all falls back on him and uh, you know if Ballyhill get knocked out you know or Ballyhill aren't going well, you know, people start asking the questions, what's the manager doing, why didn't he make that change, you know, and uh, he takes it in his stride and, you know, he, he just, he's learning as he goes along too and um, we're just lucky probably to have him because other clubs are struggling to find managers, they're struggling to find the right people and uh, I, I, we were fortunate to have, I think it was three or four names in the hat that were looking for the job and uh, Henry's obviously an obvious choice. Obviously you played with them as well and quite a few of that team would have played with them. So you've a different relationship. Has it changed? No, it hasn't changed. You know, you listen to him on the field, you listen to him off the field. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever he says goes, you know. And uh, he, he was great. Like, you know, let's say on the field, he, he, I don't know how he was able to hurl so good and be able to kind of give advice in the meantime too. And now he's just there kind of just strategizing with Jay. You know, we want to play this way and you just go with it. You know, he's, he's doing a lot of behind the scenes work, like, you know, and gives you a lot of confidence of this. What way do you want to play without giving away exactly how you are going to play against <laughs> Ballygunner because Shefflin grew up in a, uh, a time with Kilkenny when we were constantly told there was no such thing as tactics. Now there's yeah, a plan A, B and C. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, Ballyhale played their own game, you know. We'll, we'll be watching over as much as we can, but there's only so much you can do to um, stop the other team from playing their way. Oh, it's down to work rate. So uh, if you start 
prioritise and see other team, you'll probably lose focus. So we'll definitely play our own game. And uh, it's up to Henry then to make the switches and uh, make the right calls. How different can it be tactically between club and county? Do you notice any major difference? Um, like when you're working at a county level, when you're working it with is, the, uh, the, the players? Inter-county, you have to watch every single player, every area, you know, inter-county, you'll have lads scoring from the sideline, like, you know, so you have to watch absolutely everything. You know, if you switch off for a second, even in the forwards, your man could be gone up the field. That, that's the way it's gone, where five years ago, your back wouldn't even went near up mm. the field, up towards the forwards, getting scores. And then now there's situations where the backs are scoring more than the forwards, which is crazy. Yeah. Life for you, I mentioned you're living up in Dublin now. I hadn't realised actually you'd left the army. When did that happen? Yeah, no, I left the army about, about eight months ago now, so I did. And I started with uh, Virtus Project Management in Dublin. Um, it was always career goal to go into project management, but it was just find the right time. And uh, the army was probably a place for me to stick around, Kilkenny, and uh, make, make a stab at the hurling. That, that, that worked out for me. Was that the main reason for going in? Oh, 100% the reason. Right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know anyone in the army had a neighbour. That, that, that was it. Because there's a few from Kilkenny been in and around, like Paul Murphy. There's Murphy's. a few since, yeah. yeah. Paul went straight in after um, school, but um, it was never even a thought that crossed my mind. I think it was actually my sister applied for me uh, online. And uh, I, I just went with it after college and it kept me around. All my friends went to London, Australia, like, you know, and, you know, it, it wasn't an option for me at the time. You know, I wanted to stick around for the hurling because I'm glad I did it. Yeah, it's not the easiest job in the world. Like, you ended up in the Lebanon. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the Lebanon is grand. I've heard it's like it's, 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 it's the best training camp in the world that when, thankfully, at times when there's yeah. peace over there, that actually you're, you know, you're, you're, you're training easy. twice a day. You come back yeah, yeah, a bit like a tank. Yeah, I wouldn't say no, I came back like a tank, but there's plenty of days I come back like tanks, all right. But uh, yeah, no, it was, there was nothing happening over there. You know, you get your run in, you get your gym in during the day, and uh, that, that's pretty much it. Um, so whereas some people maybe look at teaching as a, as a good profession for GEA players, you just went a slightly different route? Slightly different, yeah, no. Um, so certainly with the Army, there was a lot more leeway, so it was. And uh, you were able to, they, they, they gave time towards sports. They, they emphasised a lot of the Army on sports, right. um, which was obviously suited me. And did you enjoy it? Or was it very much uh, a means to an end? A means to an end, to be honest. Um, I, I enjoyed it only because doing so well with Kenny. Right. You know, um, there wasn't much, there's no job satisfaction in it for me. Um, I'm sure for certain lads they do, but in the army itself, there, there, there's nothing to do. Like, you know, the, it's obviously a good thing there's nothing to do, as in um, army-wise. But, yeah. but other than that, you know, you walk down, to the locker rooms and actually see lads sitting around doing nothing like because there's just nothing to do and from things like this like people coming out and saying there's nothing to do and then the high lads are wondering what's going on how come lads are doing nothing and then they kind of force things to happen but there's literally nothing to do you know um they'll, they'll do classes they'll, they'll do as much as they can but yeah you know when I, you consider I'd imagine that comes as a surprise to a lot of people yeah. obviously we know that here thankfully as you say you're not in the middle of war. Of no, war exactly. Yeah, but, but uh, at the same time, that like there's such investment put into. There is, and you know, so certainly when I hear the nurses coming out looking for mm. more pay, like I can see exactly why. Like that, the work they do, you know, towards what the army probably do, you know. But the problem is, the higher up is the problem. Like they're happy up there. Like they're not going to say, oh, there's nothing being done, or we're getting overpaid. Yeah. Where the people at the bottom are the people that are struggling. I was going to say it, it. It doesn't sound like morale can be great in that situation, but then actually. 
all we hear is that morale isn't great. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. Like you, you see, it, you see it on social media, and um, the the lads aren't allowed to speak out about it, so they aren't, and that's probably one of the biggest problems. Um, and what, what are the sort of issues? Is is it just boredom? Just boredom, absolute boredom, and you know, and again, from this, the top lads will probably come down and say, "Oh, we need to do this, we need to do that," and. Uh, like there's actually nothing to do. Like you know, the, it's a whole revamp that needs to be done. Um, and what would you like to be doing? What would you? Like it's a it's a conversation um, that probably doesn't happen very often. And you're out of it now. You can be perfectly honest. More options. Like you know, they could easily they they do trades in there in the army. Like you know, and you'd like to see a lot more more lads push towards doing the trades and maybe helping out in different ways. Like you know, um, you know, there's so many barracks there as well. They're all closed down. Like. They could be opened up for so much more. Like there's so much more help to public communities um, that can be done. You know, it's not being done, and uh, it's it, it's it's crazy. Like yeah, you know, just just comparing to the nurses, like how much work they do. You know, and again, it's not the lads at the bottom. It's not their fault. You know, um, it's not the people at the top either. Like they, they they can't say, you know, go do more hill walks and stuff. Like you know, it's. Yeah, it, it sounds as though you're almost creating a situation where you're encouraging laziness among yeah. very fit young men in their 20s who, as you say, if they were steered in the right direction, firstly, they can be coming out of the army with good qualifications that will serve them from exactly, then on. But yeah. also at that age, they can be using that experience in local communities, in voluntary organisations and, and making use of their time. Yeah, exactly. But like, I, I wasn't too bad. I didn't have a mortgage. You know, I didn't have a family to pay mm. for. And, and that was grand. But I, I can't imagine how other lads pay for it. But then you kind of see like where the work is, there's nothing to do, like you wonder how you can ask for more money, but certainly with lads of families and stuff like that, they, they need to, they, they build their future there, you know, and that's where it is. And like, you can't see any sign of any pay increases, they can't come out against it. And not, there's nothing to do, and they're trying to double job, like, you know, and it, it's hard for them, like, and uh, it is our future where, I think one day we came in and we had a big, I think it was one of the GOCs come in for a big speech on uh, our future there, I think it was, and uh, he came in and, you know, just a big, kind of uh, prayed for him and a whole lot, like, you know, it went on for a week, like, you know, absolute nonsense, really, to be honest. And, uh, and then he gave a speech anyway, and someone asked a question, like, Where, where's our future? And all he said was, look, it's a cycle. People move on, you come and you go. And that was it. Like, there was lads there, like, this is my future, like, you know, like, uh, I have to get to a certain level at the age, after 20 years, and uh, I won't get there because there's so many in the army. And uh, it was grand for me because I knew I was moving on. So is the but, army uh, overstaffed? It's not overstaffed. But it, it, it says that it needs 10,000. I think there's only 7,000 there, right. which is uh, which is crazy. Like, so there's people are leaving their droves. I even met a guy the other day, and he uh, said, how are you getting on the army? And he said, oh, I left eight months ago as well. Uh, he said he's going in doing an electrician, so he is, you know, and just, he says, I can't do from doing nothing every day. Like, you know, I just couldn't do it any longer. And what, what's your sense of, of why people were joining the army? What was so you joined it for a specific reason. Joined it was, it was going to be helpful and, and there was for no your, other jobs out career. there, so there wasn't. Yeah, there, there was no other jobs out there, and uh, people I don't know they, they probably see different things. Um, they're probably hearing different things. Maybe some pe kids are hearing that, like, oh, yeah, don't have to do anything in the army, and yeah, yeah, you know. But the, actually, the reputation that it's bit, which <laughs> yeah. is bizarre because for most people you would think the army yeah. is the toughest you, possible route you could go down. Do you think that? All right, and then some people say like, well, well why would you leave? Like, you know, you're doing nothing there. Like, you know, it's handy. But like, as far as pay goes, as far as job satisfaction goes, after a while, like you know that that kind of starts real. And was there literally no job satisfaction? Like, you go to Lebanon, you go and you serve your country abroad. Was there was, was there a satisfaction? Like, did you come home from the Lebanon thinking I've done some good here? No, not at all. Um, 
there was actually zero job satisfaction. If I had to talk about my years in the army, there six years, I couldn't tell you one thing I didn't. Um, that was anyway a benefit for me or for anyone else. Um, I'm shocked by that. To yeah, be I, I don't know. Like, it's, like <laughs> I, I, I could when, you're, just, when you're in the Lebanon, you're keeping I could the talk peace. About that is a benefit. We, yeah, no, it is. Let's say there, there is obviously the, the overview of the whole Lebanon. Like, you know, we are there. We have a presence there and all that. Mm. Um, yeah, there's definitely a presence there. Like, you know, which is great. Like, you know, in Ireland are showing that. But, but let's say before. I, before I went over, I was told, oh, you get to go down at the weekends and see the place and you get to go here, you know, when you see the culture and you get to meet the people. That was, that's all changed. That, that, that's probably one of the biggest problems I had with it, that uh, you don't get to meet the people, you don't get to see the culture, you don't get to see, actually see Lebanon. Um, you go out on a patrol for five hours, you drive at 10 miles an hour, just complete darkness, or there's just absolutely nothing, there's nothing happening over there, which, which is great, obviously. Mm. But let's say the drive around is just pure boredom, so it is. And, um, and like every other day, it's just you're just training. You're you're up in the camp because they don't want you going outside the camp because of risk, which is which is fine in one way. You know they they, they don't want anything happening. They don't want any crashes. They don't want any vehicles in the wrong places. But um, but then you're just confined to a camp, and that's it. Yeah, maybe I've just been completely ignorant of what's been going on within the army. But even everything you're saying suggests that if something, if the army and when the army is needed, that the people within it aren't mentally prepared? Um, like if, if, if boredom is such a factor, to be able to suddenly switch on to be and fair, be at your peak. To be fair, our training was a very high standard. Right. The, the eight months now I did train for was at a massive standard, but you just go from that down to absolutely nothing, so you do. And um, But let's say the, the lads that trained us, like they can't keep on doing the same thing with, for five years. Like, you know, it was crazy the amount of stuff they did with us, and it was actually very good. And I certainly learned a lot from that eight months. But... Um, at a high level, but let's say, you know, you ask you to load a weapon and all that stuff, it'll all just come to you just from your training, but other than that, like, you don't need to do it. Like. Yeah, and you were doing that then to maintain your hurling, and you've had unbelievable success with Kilkenny and with the club, and you've won All-Ireland medals. It's just that generally when you talk to sports people, you need, you know, happy home, happy workplace, happy on the sporting field. How were you able to transfer your frustrations and, like, spending a lot of time in the barracks, in the army, and then be able to perform and be in a good place when you got on the hurling pitch? Was it just pure relief to get out there? Um, it was probably just such, such focus on the hurling. And that was it, you know, the, just my job at the time just did, didn't matter. And um, at the end of the day, it was, just, it was just a paycheck at the end of the week for right. me. You know, for, for other people, like it's a, it is a, that they've other interests in it. Like, you mm. know, and they, they go down different routes and there is different routes you can go down. So a lot of people just don't, don't go the routes, um, which is probably a problem too. But uh, look, there is a massive revamp there. It's not going to happen, like, from us talking about it. Nothing will come of it, you know. I have no doubt the lads inside the barracks will get hardship over it now, because it'll probably go come down from down for above. Oh, right. We need to be doing more in there and stuff. But, you know, in the long scheme of things, just... They'll be cursing you when they're woken up at 5 I, I, I no tomorrow morning. Yeah. Get those lads <laughs> going again. It's a lot of pressure, though, then, to be putting on your hurling. And... So you came in and you have your All-Ireland medals with Kilkenny, but you came in in the latter years of the greatest team of all time. The last couple of years when you're, when you're not having the success at inter-county level, when you're not winning the medal and you've given up this whole other side of your life for success on the hurling pitch and it doesn't happen, do you still get satisfaction then? You do, you do. Like you, 
you, you, go, you go from game to game, you know, when you win a game, it's just, it's just the best thing ever. Like, you know, when you, when you have a good day, it's brilliant. Obviously, when you have bad days, it's not so good, but um, you just work towards improving the whole time. And, um, you know, I, I love playing with Kilkenny and stuff. Like, it's, it's just a fantastic opportunity to get. And as you said, I came in off a great team. And um, even when I came in 2011, like, you know, it was after Tipperary win 2010, and people are telling me, oh, well, what are you going in there for? You know, you, you won't win anything, you know. And all of a shot, we had uh, two in a row, and uh, 2014 and 15, and it was just absolutely crazy, so it was. And uh, so that's why I'd never write off any team or uh, write off any year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny when we look back at that team of say 2008-2009 or uh, 7 8 or 9 that came through and yeah. that was so successful and at the time we knew very little about them but so many of them are now working in the media and we see the personality of Tommy Walsh and Jackie Tyrrell and JJ Delaney and Brian Hogan and countless mm. of that team have come through and are great public figures and you can see why they were so successful and such an infectious enthusiasm for the game with that been lost have you seen have you had to step up do you feel over the last few years have you seen players come to the fore over the last couple of seasons because there's been a gap there now? No, there's always, there's always that changeover, you know, there, there's lads come and go every single year and uh, lads just, just fit into certain areas, you know, and you have great characters there, Parik Welsh, you know, great character there and, and then you have lads and you look up to like Killian Buckley there, TJ, Richie Hogan, all these lads, Conor Forty, they're just so focused, you know, they're, they're brilliant, like, you know, and everybody has their area in the team, you know, you have the Jokers then as well, like, yeah. So. You've got a huge game then coming up against Ballygunner on Saturday week down at Semple Stadium in the All-Ireland semi-final. You're not then involved with Kilkenny until the club finishes. Until the club finishes, yeah. Do you feel like you're missing out or are you used to it at this stage and comfortable? Yeah, we're, we're used to it at this stage, but, but we're certainly missing out. There, there's no doubt about that. I'd love to be playing the league, you know, even watching the match last Sunday, you know, I just had that serious itch just, just to be out there, even parts of the panel, even... Even over in Australia, you know, it was a small game against Galway, but uh, we took it very serious and uh, just that buzz in the dressing room beforehand, you know, it was just unbelievable. You, do, you just want to be part of it, so you do. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back with him. When? I don't know. Yeah, the longer, the better, I guess. The longer, the, the better, yeah, to, to a certain extent, you know, it'd be, it'd be brilliant to, to get past um, Aller in semi-final, but we're, we're up against a massive task there. Pally Gunnar would be knocking the door. And, yeah. They're there in their first order in semi-final and they won't be going anywhere, I'd say. Yeah, it should be a, a cracking game, as you were saying. It's what, a five o'clock throw-in? Five o'clock throw-in, yeah. Local derby and... Uh, all said, of Valley Hill. Uh, Valley Hill, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be all this, down This there. would really add another uh, level to Shefflin's legendary status. It would, it would, but there's a, a massive uphill Yeah, so he brings that up in the dressing room, does he? <laughs> no, no. He'll be building statues of me if I can win this as a manager. <laughs> No, no, he, he keeps his head down, so he does. So it's the way he likes it, but um, no, it'll be a huge test. It's, it's a local derby, as I said, you know, and yeah. uh, that Bally Gunner have a huge amount of experience. Uh, seven county finals, it's just, it'll be an interesting one, you know. They're, we're hearing a lot about them, you know, it's, that they're fish, they're flying it, you know. They're doing and, a lot uh, of talking. It's not them doing talking, you know, they, they, they keep themselves, they're, they're well experienced, or they're um, people around, you know, but it's just because we're so close, you know, it's just people working in from Kilkenny down to Waterford and vice versa, you know, so. It's no secrets. No secrets, yeah. Colin, thanks a million for coming in. You've been very honest as well. Uh, great stuff. Best of luck on Saturday week. You've been here with thanks to AIB celebrating 28 years sponsoring the club championships. Brilliant. Cheers. Thanks very much, Ian. Brilliant. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.